This is the Restless Mama Podcast. Authentic conversations about the mess and magic of motherhood. I'm your host, Celine Marley. Do you find motherhood hard sometimes? Do you struggle with finding balance in parenthood, your career, relationships and lifestyle? Are you a new mum who still just tries to figure it all out? This is the podcast for you. Every week, we provide you with inspiring stories and helpful resources for mamas just like you. So you know you're not alone. And hopefully, this also empowers you to find your unique balance. Because a mama's mental health is the most important of all. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to this week's episode of the Restless Mama podcast. As you all know, we talk a lot about mindfulness and meditation um, on this podcast. Um, In case you missed it, I actually um, created a a meditation especially for mamas in um, one of the previous episodes. I hope you all enjoyed that. Um, But because it is such a common theme that comes up, I really, really wanted to um, invite my good friend Cass on the show. She is the founder of Young Journeys Collective, which is going to launch early next year. Um, She also holds a master's of teaching and has trained with and been mentored by some of Australia's leading mindfulness experts in education. Since becoming a mama of two, Cass has chosen the path of mindful education. And she has such a big wisdom on this topic specifically that I um, yeah, really wanted to have her on the show. So let's dive right in. Cass, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. It is a pleasure to be here and I feel yeah, really honored to be on your podcast. Oh, I feel like every single mama of like that I invite to my podcast is a very special soul in their themselves. So yeah, I'm really, really excited to have you. It's really, I'm really excited to share your little projects as well that are coming up. So um, yeah, just if you want to just do a little introduction of yourself. Okay. So I'll try and make this not too long winded. (laughs) I am a primary school teacher Mm. and, you know, prior to becoming a mama of two gorgeous little people, I was lucky enough to work at a school and it was one of the only Victorian government schools that uh, embedded the framework of positive psychology into our Mm. curriculum. So we spent the best part of a year working with Michelle McQuaid, who studied under Martin Seligman, you know, the the forefather of positive psychology. And I suppose in short, within the teams that we were working in, we were asked to take an aspect of positive psychology and embed it in our classroom. Mm. And for me, that really began um, my journey into mindful education. Yeah. So if we... Fast forward eight years. Uh, As I mentioned before, I'm currently at home with my one and three-year-old. And it was after my second child, my little girl, was born that, you know, as days rolled into nights and, you know, you're a little sleep deprived, I was able to read a book called The Promise of a Pencil and it was by Adam Braun and 
I knew when I finished that book that I wasn't going to be going back to teaching while my kids mm-hmm. were young because my love for them surpassed my ambition in teaching. Mm. That that didn't mean I wanted to sort of sit idle and and not pursue my career. Yeah. Um, but I had to find a way to follow my passion of mindfulness in education mm. without it taking away from, you know, my day-to-day with my babes. Mm. Yeah. Um, and secondary to that, I wanted to do something that was positively impactful yeah. in, in our community. So I can now share that I am the proud founder of Young Journeys Collective. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, which is a business that aims to bring mindful or a mindful education to children and just as importantly to their parents and mm. to their educators. Um, so my goal, which is simple but very complex in nature, as most things are in life, is um, to bring mindfulness into the lives of children, mm. providing them with the autonomy over, I suppose, the choice of how to care for their bodies and their minds yeah. in a really sort of playful and inquiry-based way. Mm. I honestly feel as though mindful awareness is um, such a strong protective factor Mm. against mental health issues that, you know, children face and that we as adults and society are are really trying to sort of um, support one another through. Yeah, yeah. Was that... Was that something that you practice as well in within motherhood, which is, it is a very challenging time, especially in sleep deprived. And I know you guys, especially with the second one, didn't have a really easy start either. So how important is mindfulness um, in finding balance in motherhood for you? It is so important. Mm. And I sort of found that, um, my practice actually changed as mm. I went into motherhood. You know, I, I came from um, a Vipassana style of meditation practice, which is embedded in Buddhist philosophy. Yeah. And it's also known as insight meditation. And, you know, as you mentioned, at the time where my little girl came along, there were long days and sleepless nights. And when I sat to sort of you know, meditate in the way that I had been, Mm. it actually was counterproductive. Yeah. I found it really overwhelming. I found, you know, myself not being able to sit with, um, you know, my thoughts and my feelings. I knew meditation was one of my best supports and Mm. it would be throughout motherhood, but I needed to find a different way of doing it. Mm. So... I began researching and and sort of um, filtering through articles and books. And it was at that point in time that I really felt the compassion-based practices mm. and the loving-kindness practices were the mm. most supportive to me as a mama of, you know, a, a two-year-old at the time and a newborn. And mm. I still have um, a really strong, yeah, meditation practice um, 
that it has. It's shifted and it's changed. What meditation resources do you use? Like, is there a specific app you use? And if people think about like, yeah, I want to start getting into meditation, but where do I start and how do I start? What kind of resources would you share? So when I think of specific resources for starting a meditation practice, I immediately think of tapping into your local community. Mm. It may be someone that you know, like Celine Mully, or, <laughs> you know, a studio in your local area that mm. offers meditation for beginners or meditation for mamas. Mm. I know that when my little girl came along, I did a meditation class with her mm. and it was absolutely chaotic, but it was just a really nice connected space to be a part of. Mm. I think the key to finding someone to support you in beginning this journey is that they have expertise in the area. Yeah. Meditation Australia has a wonderful database of accredited teachers. Mm. So you can find a practitioner in your local area. And in addition to that, they offer a range of courses and events Mm. each calendar year as well. And another resource that I use is the Insight Timer app. Mm, so do I (laughs) yes and it is free which is always very helpful especially you know um throughout different times and there are so many wonderful guided practices that you can filter through and there's one particular teacher Fleur Chambers who offers a 10-day course which is called Modern Mindfulness for Mothers. Yeah. And her delivery of mindfulness meditation feels really accessible. Mm. It feels really nurturing and supportive. And it is just a a gentle entry into how you can integrate mindfulness into Mm. your life as a mama. And the best thing about Insight Timer, once you've dipped your toe in the water, is that it also has practices and talks and courses run by internationally recognized experts yeah you know there are teachers such as Tara Brack or Mm. Jack Cornfield and a couple of others that are incredible and pioneers in their field Kristen Neff who her work on compassion-based practices is just incredible Mm. and I would say she's the leading expert in the world and then you have other meditation teachers like Rick Hansen and so on Mm. so yeah it's just a really great free resource that I would jump on and download when I had the chance yeah and um the one book I think that I would recommend reading would be and this is for adults wherever you go there you are by Mm. John Kabat-Zinn and it is mindfulness and meditation for everyday life nice and again it is just you know parts of it isn't an easy read but it really just provides you with that inspiration to begin a practice and to Mm. start slowly and and to build on it and there is also a book that for any parent I wish I had it for you know my first born little Hugo but I've read it you know, more recently since Andy came along and it's called The Whole Brain Child. 
by yeah. Dan Siegel. I've got that too. And <laughs> Tina Payne Bryson. Mm. And once you understand the neuroscience behind, you know, what is happening in your child's brain, the way in which you're able to respond to them in a mm. really mindful and compassionate way is mm. something quite special. And, of course, lastly, um, reach out to me at Young Journeys Collective. That's right. <laughs> my work is mainly centred around children because they are my be-all and end-all, whether it be mm. my, my own children or the children that I teach. But I would be more than happy to guide anyone in beginning their meditation journey as well. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Well, there you go. Anyone that wants to, you know, have the kind of um, start and beginning can absolutely, who wouldn't want to reach out to you? <laughs> Thank you. Because, yeah, as you say, it is definitely very valuable if you don't kind of know what meditation style will suit you and support you the best. How amazing is it then, you know, rather than looking through all these different, I mean, we're almost overwhelmed now by, you know, what's on offer by meditation, like apps or practices or retreats and all this kind of, and what is the right then where I think it is very very helpful then to just have that person where they say, all right, you have these and these values, this and this will suit you and slash, you know, when you're a mama, that's also time, very time sensitive. Absolutely. So that's different again. Yeah. Um, talking about motherhood and you already touched base on that, like before your meditate, your meditation practice are very, very different. Um, how has motherhood changed you in that way? Like how were you, <sighs> How, who was cast? We have seven and a half hours or <laughs> um, <laughs> motherhood has, I think, provided me with a, I'd like to say a crash course in self-awareness. Yep. Um, and I think more poignantly, Carl Jung, he has this, you know, very well-known quote that what you resist persists mm. and I was one of those people who readily shut down, I'll call it, you know, my shadow side. I was really sort of, you know, all about sort of building up my strengths and things that I felt proud of. But as soon as something arose for me, like anger or sadness, I was like, oh, no, let's just, you know, press that down a little bit and do it <laughs> a little bit later. So yeah. I think that. You know, as I say to my son, I had to put on my brave pants and in particular use my meditation practice to notice the old habits that weren't serving me anymore. Mm. I had to find new ways of stepping into who I was, mm. the light and the shadow. Mm. And I had to get very, very clear on what I wanted more of in my life and what I wanted to move on from. Mm. So that was, that was one thing uh, that really sort of stood out to me, you know, a lesson in motherhood. And I think there are probably two more I'd like to share. Yeah. And we do have the time, absolutely. Um, one was... That And this was a really hard lesson for me to learn and a really hard lesson, I think, for mamas to learn, you know, just through speaking to my network, mm. that 
not being perfect is exactly the role model that my children need me to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that I really had to live this mm. um, because we are human and we have moments that we wish we didn't have. Mm. Um, I think the only way that we are able to teach our children to fully accept themselves for who they are mm. is for them to see us making mistakes mm. and furthermore, you know, for us to then mend those mistakes and then be witness to that. Yeah. So that's something I'm probably still definitely working on. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that release of, of perfectionistic tendencies. Mm. And I think the last thing that um, motherhood, or as I said, there are many lessons, but the last one that really, you know, I, is my felt experience at the moment is a lesson in patience. Mm. Um, that life takes time. I was always, you know, in my teaching career, I was the first one at school and I was usually the last one to leave. And if I wanted to achieve something, I just did more of it. Mm. But when you become a mama, that's just not the way uh, life unfolds. Mm. And I found that, you know, Young Journeys Collective, it, it's something that flickers away in my heart when I'm sitting with my children and playing but my time for working with that is when they nap or after they go to bed at night because for me, and this is only more recently that I've come to this realisation and this decision is that because of my circumstances, um, I've chosen to be at home with my kids Mm. and I've chosen to give them me day in and day out yeah um so yeah patience discernment and yeah the notion that not being perfect is Mm. is okay I love this because it comes up usually with every mama like we are all and and maybe that's because I'm I'm, you know, choosing those people that I feel very like I resonate with them, but all of them say we are just surrendering to what is and often that is not perfect, but exactly, exactly that is perfect. And that's, that's just us and surrendering to that and having the patience to, you know, not to rush ourselves too much. Um, it's a huge thing and it always comes up um, so much. And I love that because I feel like that still a lot of women think that. And especially with because like you have Instagram there and I talked about this on, um, on last week's podcast and it is, you know, like you have that 10% of all the mums that are so out there on Instagram and really, you know, want to show that they are so organic and they're doing this and they're doing this. But like it is only 10% and it is not really what is happening behind closed doors and that will never be shot or like some people actually show it on Instagram, which I like, you know, some mums put their face on crying, everything's crazy. And, and they're really, and that is a true moment of motherhood, you know, and I, I think I, w- I was very, I completely agree with you um, in that, 
I always try to be very perfect in being always the, the gentle parent and da, 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 da. And for my kids' characters and also for my character, it just doesn't work. And I was lucky enough to have my mom there or like back or how, how she raised me that she said, we do not suppress any feelings. We fear whatever comes up. And I love that so much because I bring that so much into my own motherhood journey and my own parenting style in that I say it is okay to feel anger and and if I you know like I he my both of my boys grow up with me seeing every emotion but owning them too you know like if I get angry and if I shout out of because everything is just too much I do then say I'm so sorry. I own like that was a mistake, but I really felt this because I felt, you know, because of all these reasons. And then often, and that's exactly what my mom did. And I love that because it was like, you know what? Yeah, you can't always be correct, you know? And my sons, I think they're both, you can't protect them from emotions like that because there's a lot of people in the world that do not give a shit about you know how other people feel and then in in I think you know um including your kids in any emotion that comes up up, whatever that might be they are prepared for those people that are just cutthroat and everything then it's like ah he must be in a mood like mom when she, you know, didn't feel very good and felt very upset. It's probably what it is, but he can't own that. That's okay. <laughs> exactly. Mm. And it, it brings me up, it brings to mind, sorry, one of my practices that it's taken me a long time to develop. And that is not with my little girl. She's a little too young, but mm. with my, you know, little boy who's three and a bit and, When I feel that anger rising, I've just begun to say, I'm starting to feel really angry. Mm. I need to step away and take some breath. (laughs) And then I I will come back to help me. Mm. You can join me Mm. or you can wait until I've finished. Yeah. And three breaths, like three really deep Mm. sort of soulful breaths is usually all it takes to get me back to a baseline Mm. where I'm feeling as though I can support him and his needs. And quite frankly, it could have been brought on by the fact that, you know, he's been screaming at me for 15 minutes because, Mm. as Alison Lester puts it so well in her book, Tricky's Bad Day, I cut his toast into triangles instead of squares. Yes. (laughs) Those moments where, you know, when he first came along, I was like, oh, I can't show him that I'm, I'm feeling angry and, mm. you know, I need to find ways to just move on. But like you said, it, it doesn't work because anger is an innate emotion that we all yeah. feel from time to time. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, getting mm. a little clever about how we use practices to manage those emotions and regulate our own emotions Mm. and you know he uses it now which is which is brilliant i know it's cool teddy does the same thing he goes into the corner sometimes and does three breaths he's like i'm doing it like mom i'm in my red zone (laughs) and i love that because he's in a school they have different colors for different emotions and i often say okay i'm getting into my red zone and you 
you know that I'm really angry if I'm in my red zone. And it even can go in a black zone and then that's, that's the worst for me. education in emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we need, you know, for our children and this yeah. generation. Emotionally inter- intelligent kids that are equipped with the tools and strategies mm-hmm. to be able to manage life. Yeah. And what comes their way. Mm. And I think potentially with our generation, a few of those, you know, tools, strategies, skills, whatever you like to call them, they will miss. Mm. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. We're lucky that we get to to gift our children with those. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got my last and favorite question. And um, yeah, I always uh, need to always, that's one question I never skip, I think. And that's the one that if you talk, if you think about a new mum or new parents and you could only give one advice, what would that be? I could give one piece of advice and I wish I had like a plethora of these (laughs) scattered across my walls when I was a new mama. I think for me that even on the days when you lie your head on your pillow and you really and truly feel that you haven't showed up as you Mm. wanted to show up, know that your little or even your big people want you Mm. just as you are Mm. remember I taught a little boy and he just turned seven and he came from a less than desirable home Mm. and one particular morning I sat with him while he was interviewed by DHS Mm. and Victoria Police and he was asked to recount what had happened the night before Mm. and he said to them if I tell you, you'll take my dad away mm. and I don't want that. Mm. And he held my hand and he sat in silence and did not answer one more question. Oh, you know, God. He would have been there for probably close to 45 minutes. Mm. You know, we love our children unconditionally and they mirror this to us. They love mm. us unconditionally. Yeah. And the ability to come back to this notion, knowing that you are enough, even Mm. on those days where things have felt so left of center, Mm. dizzy and absolutely exhausted, being able to gently remind yourself that, you know, you have this little person in front of you And no matter what is happening at that point in time, Mm. all they need is you and your presence. And just to finish there, one little practice that revolutionised motherhood for me, Mm. and I call it I See You. Mm. I don't know where I stumbled across it um, or if someone had told me, and I'm not usually one to forget things, but it was no matter what you're feeling, what you are thinking or what is happening in your direct experience, if you come back to your child Mm. and you engage your five senses, Mm. it will be enough to help you move through that wave. Mm. So there were many times with my daughter that I thought, I I can't do this. Mm. I, I can't 
do this anymore. It's mm. just too much. And I remembered that practice mm. and I would hold her and I would smell her mm. and I would touch her skin mm. and I would hold her cheek against mine. And it was just a really tangible practice mm. that brought me back to the essence of motherhood, mm. that no matter what is happening, I am enough. Mm. That's beautiful. I can't add anything to this. <laughs> yeah, now thank you so much for being on the show. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. It's um, been a really nice inspiration over the last couple of days to sort of yeah. think about, yeah, doing this with you and, and sharing this time with you. So thank you. Yeah, oh, thank you. And we'll add all the details that you just mentioned on the show notes too so people can um, access those resources. Yeah. Thank you so much, Cass. That was fantastic. <laughs> this completes this week's episode. For all show notes and more information, head to my website, selenemarley.com or follow me on Instagram at RestlessMama. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, tell your friends and leave us a review so others can find it too. I hope to see you next time. Until then, have a beautiful week.